man, oh man, we are blessed. We are truly blessed at Vertical Church to have an amazing worship team and to help lead us and bring us before the throne of God and just sing his praises this morning. Amen, church? Man, it is great to be back here with all of you as we do just that, sing his praises and celebrate life changed by his son, Jesus Christ. Come on, give it up. Give it up. You know, every week I challenge us to pray, just about every week I've challenged us to pray, and I'm praying that, God, will you show someone this week their need to, to accept you, to surrender their lives to you? And this past week I received a text message from uh, Taylor Maurer, and he said, hey, pastors want to share with you their son Cruz, their oldest son Cruz, uh, saw his need for Jesus, and this week he surrendered his life and prayed his life to Jesus, surrendered it all to Jesus Christ, and we just celebrate that. Come on. Come on. Little Cruz. Little Cruz. And uh, Taylor's last words were, keep the light on, baby. I mean, come on. <laughs> Man, we're a church. It's all about Jesus. If you are new with us, welcome. I hope you understand that uh, we are a church. It's all about Jesus. We want to reach people for Jesus. We want to grow in Jesus. We want to lay everything out for Jesus. We want to live, you know, all things in and around us for Jesus. We want to reach people around us for Jesus. I'm going to repeat myself because it's important. We're all about Jesus in this church. And if you walked in this morning wondering what we're all about, there it is. Making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do as a church. If you're joining us online, good morning. We wish you were here. We're excited that you're stepping in this morning and, and joining us that way as well. Church, we're going to jump in this morning. And uh, before we, actually, before we get there, I have one more thing to share. We've been hearing about this Otters game. Anybody hear about an Otters game coming up? Anybody? 17 people in a room full. All right, y'all heard about it. See this thing? We're going. All right, we're going. And I'm going to challenge you to come with us. All right, we have 60 tickets left. Only 60 tickets. After service, run out. Don't tample anybody. Run out and go to our game day table. You can purchase your tickets right there. You can, we can help you do it online. We can help we do it through cash, old-fashioned cash. We have it. We'll make it happen. But I want to challenge you to come because we have 100 tickets total, and we desire to have all of us together as a church just going have some fun, right? We, sometimes we forget that we can have fun. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. That's why Sunday is what? Come on, all right? So after service, go out there and get your tickets. Join us, July 21st, Friday night. We'd love to have you be there. Uh, but let's jump into this this morning. There's a lot to cover. Matthew, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. We're starting at verse 14 this morning. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. If you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in, you can turn, find it at page 670. And by the way, if you grab an orange Bible and you do not have one of your own, please take that as our gift for you. We believe in God's word and we want to have a copy of God's word in your hand. Matthew 17, verse 14. Now, as we get going this morning, we're taking our second step into this series called Crazy Faith. Um, if you missed last week, uh, for some reason, maybe you got a flat tire on the way to church or you overslept, your electricity went out, I don't know. I don't know what you did, but maybe if you missed it, uh, I want to encourage you to go back to our podcast go and give week one a listen, because week one sets up this entire series. Why are we walking through this series called Crazy Faith? What is Crazy Faith all about? What does it look like in our lives? So if you missed last week, after today, go back to the podcast and listen to week one. Some of the things I'm going to say today will make sense. You know what I'm saying? You want me on that? All right, podcast, get there. All right, so Crazy Faith, this is our definition that we're working through this series. Crazy faith is trusting 
in God with our everything so that when he calls us to go do something, to go somewhere, to act or respond in certain ways that may, might not make sense to us or the world around us, we still step forward into it because of what we believe to be true. That's our definition of crazy faith. Crazy faith. Willing to step in and go and do and act in certain ways that may not make sense to us or the world around us, but we do it because what we believe to be true. See, crazy faith is relying on God for what we cannot see. It's knowing that he can see, do exceedingly more than you and I can ask and imagine. It's believing in God who seems absolutely crazy, calls these other things to things absolutely crazy, but we believe so wholeheartedly that he is the only one that can make them happen. That is crazy faith. It's believing, friends, that God can heal a marriage after divorce papers have been signed. May sound crazy, may sound impossible, but nothing is impossible for God. Amen? Amen. It's believing that one day that coworker, that neighbor, that person who drives you absolutely crazy, they're vile, they're nasty, they're condescending. It's believing that one day they're going to be sitting next to you in church because God changed his or her heart. And because God worked in your heart that you, all you did is walk across the yard and simply invite them to come and know Jesus. It's believing, crazy faith is believing that God is calling you to something different in life. He, maybe he's calling you out to start a business and you're afraid. Maybe it's stepping into missions. Maybe you're in this room and crazy faith is God calling you into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Crazy faith. It's confidence in what we hope for and a full assurance we cannot see, but we decidedly move forward and take our first steps. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, walking through this morning, our first steps towards crazy faith. And it's simply this, baby faith. Our first steps towards crazy faith is baby faith. Everything in life has a starting point. Everything in life has a starting point. Our lives, our own lives had a starting point. At the point of conception, our life began. We grew in our mother's womb until the day of our physical birth into this world. And at that point, you and I were babies. Well, that's true when it comes to our spiritual walk. Same with our faith. Our faith has a starting point. Our understanding and our belief has a starting point. God starts calling us to himself. He brings people into our lives that, we, that share the gospel message, a message of hope. The seed of the truth is planted within our ears, and we have this knowingly feeling trying to figure out who God is. Is he real? How much does he love us? Is this Jesus for me? And there's a hole in our life, recognize there's a hole in our life that only Jesus can fill, and we realize that something is missing. And then you and I, we've come to the point where we realize that we need Jesus in our lives, and so we cross the threshold of faith. Our faith is born as we pray and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. Amen? Our faith is born, and it's at its baby stage. That's the starting point. That's the starting point that leads you and I to crazy faith. Friends, it doesn't mean that it's any less effective. It just means it's a starting point. For God to move in our lives in ways that we never thought was possible. Now right now, you're open to a passage of scripture. 
that's going to walk you and I through this idea of baby faith. Just before what we're reading, you'll see that Jesus, you'll see it called the transfiguration in part. You see that in the church. They just, these guys just had an awesome experience with God on top of a mountain with Jesus. They saw Jesus in all his glory. They went up there, Peter, John, and Jesus, and Jesus shined all white, white as snow. It was absolutely amazing. While they were seeing Jesus, he was up there, and he was having a conversation with Moses and Elijah, by the way, spiritual giants of the faith. And while they're watching this take place, God speaks. They hear his audible voice saying, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Listen to him and obey him. They just had this amazing moment. And they're walking back with Jesus. And they come across the crowd. This is where you and I slow down when we step into the scripture this morning. When this goes on, it says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire and, or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Let's just stop there a quick second. This guy brought his son to Jesus' disciples to be healed, and they couldn't do it. Even though, if you were to go back in the book of Matthew, all the way back to Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus gave the disciples, the apostles, the authority to do just that. Go heal diseases and go cast out impure spirits. I'm telling you, I've given you all authority, but these guys didn't or couldn't do it. Verse 17, it says, Jesus responds, says, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and the boy was healed at that moment. Come on. Then the disciples came to Jesus in, a pri in private and asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? That's just funny to me. Now remember, they're in front of an entire crowd, and they couldn't do what Jesus said they could do. And Jesus shows up. Let me just show you how it's done. And it's done. And they're like, oh, snap. Jesus. I don't want to talk about this in front of anybody else. But what's up? Why couldn't we do that, right? They are all ashamed. He gave them the authority. They just didn't do it. Look what he says. Why couldn't we drive them out? He says, because you have so little faith. You couldn't do what I've asked you to do because you had so little faith. I tell you. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible for you. Jesus is speaking some truth this morning, friends. Jesus called disciples to go do something absolutely crazy, to cast out demons, to heal people, but they failed to believe it enough to live it out in their lives. Friends, let me just tell you here something this morning. If God says it, we can believe it. If you open his word and you're having a conversation, you're reading it, we can believe it. It's the word of truth. You know, we just sang a song this morning, I thank God. Half the church is still jumping along, I thank God, right? Right? That's that as far as I'm going in my dancing. And we're, you know, we're all dancing, singing. That was by Maverick City Music. And Maverick City Music also has another song called Man of His Word. That God is a man of his word. Go listen to it, right? If God says it, we can believe it. And he told them what was possible, and they didn't step forward into it because they had so little faith. 
You know, several months ago, many of you were planting your gardens or your fields. You know, there are tons of fields around here. And right now, you're waiting for the harvest. And if you've ever planted anything, you know seeds are small. Now, I don't have one with me, but if I had a mustard seed in my fingers and I pinched them like this, it is so small, you could not see it. It is not the smallest seed, but it is small enough where you can't see it. See, Jesus, that's a point that Jesus was making. He takes his seed in his hand, and he looks around the area, and he's looking for the largest thing he can think of. And the next thing you know, he turns around and says, oh, that mountain that we just came down, and God showed himself to be real and called us to obey? Yeah, that mountain, he says, okay, I, if you had a faith like this, this big, it's all it needs to be, you could tell that mountain to move from here to there. See, when it comes to our faith, friends, many times we get it backwards. We walk through life believing that we need a mountain size of faith to move a seed side problem. But the reality is it only takes seed size faith if we believe what Jesus says to be true, to take care of a mountain-sized problem. Baby faith, new faith, young faith, but pure faith, full of belief that God, in God and taking him at his word. So we take our next step. Seaside's faith is all we need for God to do what he said he would do. But because we get it backwards, because we get it backwards, we come up to things in life and we're like, oh my word, this is huge. We look at our small faith and little faith and we're like, oh man, this is not enough. It's not, it's not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. We run into this and we start making excuses. It's what we do best, don't we? When God calls us out, we have a whole bunch of excuses why it's not possible or why it can't be done. Don't be offended because it's in Scripture. There's a guy named Moses in the Old Testament. He showed up and at a burning bush. God calls him out and says, go free my people from Israel. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give you everything you need. And Moses is like, oh, but God, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the guy that you want to use. I don't know if the guy that has the capability. Don't you know what I stutter? God's like, zip it. Go do what I've called you to do. There's another guy in the Old Testament. name is Gideon. You find him in the book of Judges. God calls him to go free his people. And Gideon's sitting there looking like, what? You calling me? There's an angel who shows up. And the angel of the Lord says, Gideon, you mighty warrior. Tells Gideon who he is in God, that he is a mighty warrior. And then Gideon turns around and starts complaining excuses why he is not the one. I come from the smallest tribe. I have the weakest clan. I have a dysfunctional family. So doesn't half the world. Amen? We have dysfunctional families. We look... the faith that we have and the problem before us or what God's calling us to. And we don't think it's enough. 
So we start laying down our own excuses. Why we can't step out and do what God has called us to do. Be who God has called us to be. You know, if, as I read this, and I wonder if you caught this, I find it very interesting that Jesus said they had little faith. They, they, guys, you have little faith. That is why you couldn't accomplish what I call you to accomplish. But then he turns around and he says, you can have faith as small as this mustard seed to get it done. Little versus small. Now, I read that, I'm going, well, what's up with that? That doesn't make sense. Because I, we read those two words, and we think, okay, they're the same. Little, small. It, they're all about amounts, and that's what it's going to be. But in fact, in reality, is when it comes to Scripture, they couldn't be more the different. Little faith that Jesus is talking about, little faith that he's calling them out and calling us out actually means poverty of faith. Poor in faith. Weak in faith. He says you have little faith. Faith that's inadequate when it crumbles, when it gets hard. Faith, faith that's easily offended and turns their back on God. Faith that folds under fear. He said this is the poor faith. You have poor poverty faith. And then he says faith like this little seed. Though it may be small, is pure, real, solid, foundational. And you have that faith, even though it's baby faith and it's beginning stages in your walk faith, it is powerful faith. So we're going to ask. What is God calling you that you've been sharing your excuses with him about? What is God calling you out and saying, like, I don't know, God, I don't know if I have what it takes. Well, of course you don't. That's why God's in the equation. What is God asking you to step into? What is God asking you to step out of that you need to Believe in, have seed-sized faith, baby faith. How do you respond when God asks you to share your faith? Come on, Rich, I didn't really know what to say. You really want me to tell people about Jesus? I don't even know what to say. I'm going to bumble it up. Yeah, so don't I. Years ago, um, this is many, many years ago when we actually had, everybody had home phones, you know, your landlines in your house. Some of you still do. Um, we, people get those telemarketer calls. We now get them on our cell phones. I challenged the church that I was at at the time, and I said, listen, do five for five. When you get those telemarketer calls, take five minutes to listen to what they're saying, and then take five minutes and tell them about Jesus Christ. Right? How much faith does that take to make it happen? Because, listen, if you're in the middle of a conversation, you're like, blah, 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 and you hang up if you start messing up. Hang up. <laughs> And let me just type, whoopsies, I said the wrong thing. Hang up, right? It's not that hard. What do you do when he has called you to invest in someone's life? Like there's someone God has in front of you that he's calling you to invest in. Invest in for Jesus. What is your reaction 
when you read that God calls you to give back financially to the church for kingdom purposes. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. What is your reaction when God's calling you to serve in this church? Rich, I'm a busy person. I don't have all the time in the world to start serving in the church. Maybe we start using the church as a part of our worship, how we serve as a part of our worship. We don't look at Sunday morning as a checkbox. You know, what, what is your reaction when you're approached? You say, hey, I want you to serve. These, friends, are just baby steps. Baby steps and baby faith. But we can move forward in them because we can take God at his word. If he said it, we can believe it. I truly believe. I truly believe if we as his church would start living consistent moments of baby faith in our lives, we would see more and more of God's promises unfold in our lives. With me? All right. So how do we get there? Called you out. God's words called you out. We need not to have little faith. We need to have small seed faith. How do we get there? And that's what we're going to walk through the next few minutes this morning. How do we get there? How do we step into baby faith? The first step is this. Baby faith, stepping into it, starts with dependency. It starts with dependency. It says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffering greatly. He often falls in the fire of the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. This guy, to stop there, this guy came before Jesus, bent his knees, showing Jesus authority over him, authority over the situation. He calls him Lord. He was sold out, dependent on Jesus for the answer. He tried to do what he could do. He tried to bring him up in front of his disciples, but what it took was him coming for the having complete dependence on the only one who could fix the situation, and that is Jesus Christ. So what are you dependent on? If it starts with dependency, what are you dependent on? Is it yourself? Your own skill or ability, your own wits. You know, as we get older, that gets harder sometimes because we have a lot of life experience. When you start relying on us instead of God. And let me just tell you if it starts with baby faith to get the crazy faith, baby faith better be in the part of the whole process the entire time, our entire lives. Depending on God. We take control. We make our own decisions. By the way, if you want to take control and you think you have control, that's the first lie that you bought into because you're never in control. We bend our need to no one. We feel like we have all the answers. 
right now in your life, what's in front of you that you need to bring to Jesus and surrender the dependency to him? You've tried. You're working. You're doing, trying to do your thing. But what do you need to bring right before Jesus and say, I can't do this. I depend on you. What is it? What are you willing to walk through right now and give to him? Bend your knee and call out to your Lord. Are you willing today and every day to surrender your life to be dependent on someone who is far greater than us? I mean, come on, let's be real. We established it last week. Faith starts having confidence in who God is, that he is bigger, that he is stronger, that he is wiser. He knows the beginning and the end. He, that's who God is. And we walk up before him, bend down and say, I am all yours. And not just at a moment, it's an everyday situation. We get our feet hit the ground in the morning because we get another breath from God. Thank you, Jesus. And we feet hit the ground and we sit up and say, I am all yours. I'm going to pick up my cross every single day. I'm going to walk with you. Baby faith starts with dependency. If you think through this, think this for a second. Who here needed their parents when they were a baby? Half of you raised your hands. You didn't come out of the womb just walking and talking and going to work, okay? Guys are crazy. We couldn't feed ourselves. We couldn't change ourselves. We couldn't take care of ourselves. You couldn't drive anywhere. We needed our parents. You with me? A child knows they're dependent on others. Yes, children, holy cow, they are full of wonder. But they know who to look to to get things done. And just like when we were babies and our kids are babies, they're dependent on their parents, when we walk in baby faith, we need to be fully and completely dependent on our Heavenly Father. Do you see the equation? We can't do it alone. Starts with dependencies. Then baby faith grows by trusting. It starts with dependent, being dependent. It grows by trusting. Look, if you look at verse 17, it says, You, Jesus speaking here, and per unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Jesus looks to the crowd. He looks to his disciples, the ones he gave the authority to do with what he's called them to do, and he says, what's up? What's up with you? 
I gave you the authority. I gave you everything you needed to get the job done, but you still don't trust in me. This guy was an example for us. He came before Jesus. Not only was he dependent on Jesus coming before him, he also trusted Jesus with the very livelihood of his son. He came independent. I'm surrendering it all, but now I'm going to give you my son. I'm trusting you with my child. That's because faith grows by trusting in God. Even if everyone in your life has failed you, God is trustworthy. Even if you've never trusted anyone else your entire life, God is your rock. He is your stronghold. He is your forever fortress if you let him. You may be sitting here this morning with a whole truckload of reasons why you will never trust anyone again because you've been burned, you've been hurt, you've been abused. His idea of trusting or depending on a God as a father sounds absolutely crazy to you. But our faith won't grow if we don't continually place our trust in him. We become dependent on him, but that means we need to trust him. His hands, that he has the best for us. And every single one of us in this room will face moments where we have to, we have to decide. We're going to come across a problem. He's going to call us out. He said, this is what I want you to do. And we're all going to face these moments. And we're going to, at that moment, we're going to have to decide, am I going to trust God in this? Am I dependent on him and everything to lead me through? Am I going to trust him in the process? They go hand in hand. We can't trust anyone we don't depend on. We can't depend on anyone we don't trust. Too often, we look at this awesome God with our human standards. We look at him through the lens of the broken people in our life that have failed us. Well, that's not who God is. Go back and listen to week one. If we could just release what others have done to us, what the world has put us in, and just give God the opportunity, I believe that we would fully see how much he loves us and he would lead us into these promises that we are falling short from. Dependency and trust. That is the beginning of baby faith. Third step, we have, to, we have to depend on him. We have to, it grows in trusting in him. And lastly, it happens, baby faith happens by asking. Depend, trust, ask. In fact, if you have your Bibles open right now, we're going to actually move forward to the book of Mark. If you're at Matthew, go write one book. You come to Mark chapter 9, and Mark shares his, the situation but Mark shares what he shares, and he had added a component that pulls this idea of baby faith altogether. 
Look at this in nine, chapter 9, verse 21 on the screen. He says, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been? From childhood, he answered. And he's often thrown himself into the fire or the water to kill him. But, but if you can do anything, please take pity on us and help. Do you see what Mark added? He shared part of the story that, that Matthew didn't. He, he brings it before Jesus and helps us. If you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us, Jesus. Not only did he come forward in dependence, not only did he bend his knee, the authority, and trust him with his flesh and blood, his son, but this is what I love the most. He wasn't afraid to ask. He wasn't afraid to ask Jesus anything. Now, some of us read this, we're like, we ask in a very sheepish way, in a doubtful way, but he still asked. He saw what was in front of him, what he, was, what he was moving in, what he was facing, and he asked. I look at that question, and I see so much dependence and trust. Matthew 20, chapter 21, verse 22 says, if you believe, you receive whatever you ask in prayer. If you believe, You'll ask, plain and simple. Now, some of you are reading this verse, and you're going back and thinking, okay, uh, why the, why all the reasons why that can't be true. It can't be true, that can't be true. My life, you know, tell me that why, that, why that's not true. So I'm going to stop asking. Well, maybe what we need to do is get out of our seats, walk back to our kids' ministry, and start sitting and talking to these kids back there. Having a conversation with what they're asking. I mean, if you think about it, nothing is off limits when it comes to kids asking questions, right? Mom, Dad, where do kids come from? Talk to your mother. <laughs> right? Nothing's off limits with kids. There isn't anything a kid won't ask. Even if you've said no. Can I have a cookie? No. Can I have a cookie? No. Can I have a cookie? No. Hey, can I have a cookie? No. They're just going to ask. Every time I think about this and I think about my own kids and they kept on asking, 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 and they're why, 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 right? That's all out there. They're asking, asking, asking. It gets me thinking. They look at us and they depend on us and they trust us as their parents. And they're just asking, why don't we do the same? Why don't we come before God and just ask? Have a conversation with him. Knowing that he knows best. He has the best plan for life. And sometimes, friends, the best answer is no. We don't want to hear that, but it's true. Why don't we come and ask? We're dependent. We're trusting. Let's talk to him and just ask. And I love how Jesus responds to him in verse 23. He says, if you can, 
If you can, seriously, everything is possible for the one who believes. If you can, if I can do it, I can, if I can show mercy, if I can heal your son, do you, do you really just ask me this question? Of course I can. Everything is possible for those who believe. Where's your faith? Is it little? Or is it small? Friends, the sole bridge between a deep, driven doubt that's sitting in the human condition and the all-sufficiency and the power of God is faith. We doubt. We don't trust. We depend on ourselves. We don't ask. The only way to, to get across that bridge and start living it out is faith. That I take God as word, that I'm going to ask. That I'm going to ask God to restore my family. I'm going to ask God to help me forgive my wayward child. I'm going to ask God to meet me in my financial or physical needs. I'm going to ask God to remind me that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to come before God over and over and over and ask. Why? Because I'm dependent on him and I trust him with my everything. Maybe. Maybe it's time for you and I in this room and those who are listening or watching online to respond like this father when he comes before Jesus and Jesus calls him out. Look what he says, verse 24. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, Jesus. I do, do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief, my little faith, my lacking faith, my poverty of faith, my poor faith. I believe in you. Why can I have faith in you? Why can I walk it out, live it out, trust you? Why do I hold everything to myself and not just call out and ask God, will you fix this? Why, why do I do that? Why do I do that? As I walk around and God's saying, Rich, we got to work on this. We're going to step out and do that. I'm like, oh. God's like, why don't you just have faith? Be dependent on me. Trust me in the outcome and just start asking. I'll guide you. Sometimes it's going to be yes. Sometimes it's going to be no. Sometimes it's going to be wait. And sometimes it's just going to be flat out go, baby. So here's three truth statements that I want you to walk through and work through for this week. Right now, pull your phone out. Take a picture of them on the screen. We're going to walk through. I depend in desperation, knowing that I have no other choice. I trust through verification, knowing who God is and watching Him work. 
And then I ask with expectation, knowing that God can do even more than I can ask or imagine. Walk through these things. Depend, trust, ask. Take first step in baby faith. Remember, it's not insignificant because it's new. It's not insignificant because it's young. It's not less powerful because it's baby. No. It's exactly what God has given you right now and has power to move the mountain in your life. Jesus said it. I can believe it. You with me? Uh, are you with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that all your promises in scripture are yes and amen. Thank you if you're willing to say no when you know it's the worst thing for us to do. Thank you for calling us out. Thank you for showing us how we need to be dependent and trusting in you. In all things. Thank you for the, this father who lived out years ago. And his words still echo in our ears today. Lord, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. I don't know what you're walking through this morning. I don't know where your faith sits. But I do know as we read this word, we are being called out as his people. Even if you're in this room this morning, you're invited and you're trying to figure out who this thing Jesus is, maybe your first step of faith is your faith being born. That you have a hole that only can be filled by Jesus. You're wondering what your next steps. You've depended on yourself. You've depended on others. You've trusted no one. And maybe your first step this morning is to ask for forgiveness for your sins and surrender your life to the King of Kings. You know, right now I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward and whatever you are walking through, you need encouragement, you need prayed over, prayed with, you're ready to surrender your life, come forward and talk to our prayer team. They would love nothing more to help you do just that. And if I'm being honest, there's many times that no one comes and talks to our prayer team. And I have to think, in light of this message, Father, are we afraid to ask? That is not today. I pray that it has not happened today. You get all the glory. You get all the praise. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.